What's up, world? Welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth. Hey, check this out. You can hit us up on Twitter at CFF Nation. That's the Twitter handle for the Sooner Fantasy Football uh, Sooner Fantasy Football account on Twitter at CFF Nation. Hey, I'm joined by my co-host, my man, Hunter Grand. Owens, what's going on, man? My man, Farnsworth, man, how you doing? Glad to be back, man. We skipped a week. I had a long week this past week. Had some personal things I had to deal with the past couple weeks. Had a long week. Mm-hmm. Uh, was away from away from home this past week for a while. Uh, needed to get some things done. But we are back, man. How you man, feel? Man, I feel good, man. A uh, little tired, but, you know, uh, hey, man, I'm ready to do this thing, man. I'm ready to do it too, man. Check this out. We've got a special guest to join us today, man. Uh, we've had a guest pretty much every week in the month of October. We'll continue that trend today on on this episode. Uh, it's my guy. He writes uh, college football articles for various different sites and platforms. Uh, he's got a lot of college fantasy football knowledge and expertise this guy that i would trust to give me advice okay kevin brown man what's going on man what's going on guys it's a pleasure to be on the show with you and uh and i appreciate the nod of confidence there my man (laughs) (laughs) no doubt about it man listen man the the when we first got in the chat for the college fantasy football university uh you know and i got brandon sanders and just to hear your input and insight on the DeAndre Swift situation, I knew immediately. Immediately. This this is a guy that knows what he's talking right, about. Right, right. Just never understood the love yeah. coming into the season. Man, I, did, I didn't get it. I still don't. Still don't get it. You, I mean, we still don't right now because he's not he's not anywhere near where he was being pegged and picked and slotted. Man, people drafting him way you know, too high, way too high for my life, and that's essentially a wasted – you know, back into the first, top of the second round pick. That's just something that uh that I was not interested in doing. There was a lot more players in that in that ballpark and that range that I was much more interested in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, much much more interested in that. Hey guys, we've got a great episode lined up for you today. Got a lot of content to get get to. Um, listen, we had a great week. Well, yeah. <laughs> let me just be honest. <laughs> I'm so used to saying that, that it just came out. But let me be completely honest. I'm going to be transparent. I had a horrible week. Yes. A horrible week of college football and college fantasy football. Check it. The only good thing. The only good thing you hush. The only good thing. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why he's over there. Woo! In just in a minute, why he's over there tooting his horn. I'm gonna tell you why. Listen, the only good thing that happened to me this week was that my Philadelphia Eagles won. Finally, we finally get a win. But everything else just goes to crap. I mean, my Sooners get beat down. I lost in both of my leagues. One of my leagues, I lost to this guy. On the other side, who's, you know, part Ooh. owl, he keeps, woo, woo. That's why he's over there all happy. Ke- Ke- he beat me down pretty bad. Kevin, he- Kevin, 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 listen. I, I, the, this early in the week, man, I told him, I said, man, listen, 
I said, man, I'm going to wear you out <laughs> this week. <laughs> and he told me, man, you're crazy. I'm going to kick your tail. I said, okay, all right. Listen, Kevin, man, Kevin, it wasn't even close, man. It's, it's always I, good being on the right side of that ass kicking, huh? It's oh, man. Right, man. Man, man. 303 to 190, man. Oh, my oh, gosh. That's that's rough. Hey, I, it happens though, man. I mean, you play you play the game long enough, you're gonna you're gonna get steamrolled eventually. You can't win them all. Yeah, but but here's the thing though between me and this guy, man. We 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 we're 15. Well, now I'm 16. I'm up one. We was 15 and 15 throughout all the years we played against each other. Okay. So we were we were yeah we were dead even, and all of our games, maybe except for one or two, were close. All of them within was within like. 15, 20 points, every last one of them. And so this one is actually the first one is just actually haven't been so close. So, yeah, I'm going to – man, listen, man. Yeah, I'm – you better, You better live it up, boy. It is short-lived. You better, you better live it up and do all that you can. Forget all that. Forget all that. Let's recap the week. Let's shut all this down right now. <laughs> Look, week nine is over on the week 10. But before we get to week 10, let's recap the action that was week nine. Guys, a couple top 25 games we're going to look at. Ohio State completely crushes Wisconsin. Dominate. The Badgers. I mean, just getting a face full of Buckeye, getting all they want and some. I thought the game would be a lot closer than it was. I mean, I thought Ohio State's recruiting and the athleticism and the athletes would uh, eventually overtake Wisconsin. Uh, but man, they they kind of made it a game a little bit, but they you know they just didn't have the horses to keep up with everything that Ohio State's throwing out there on the field. What do you guys think about that? Go ahead, Kevin. Okay, so uh, so I was actually on the other side of the of the coin there. I actually thought Ohio State was going to come in and, and and handle the game pretty pretty easily, and just for the simple fact that Wisconsin doesn't have the kind of offense that can keep up with the high scoring game when they're playing against another really good defense. Uh, in in my opinion, I think Ohio State is the the number one team in the country. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now on another show, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it. They 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 they've covered the spread every week since uh, except for week one and week one they played FAU they were 28 point favorites there and they were winning I want to say it was 28 points don't quote me on that but they were winning 28 to nothing like the first three minutes of the game and then they just let they just they just let their foot off the gas pedal uh the uh, Ohio State is is so dominant on offense you know they got the two-headed running attack with Fields and Dobbins and then that's just going to keep on rolling into next year with Master Teague he looks fantastic when he gets in Mm -hmm. the game Right. Uh, for you dynasty guys out there, if he's out there and you're out of the playoffs and, and you're and you're being eliminated, you need to go trade for this guy right now because as soon as Dobbins is gone, he is going to step right in and be another one of those 1,400, 1,500-yard-a-year rushers from here on out. He's going to be great. But the thing is, Wisconsin, they haven't really played anybody with that Ohio State-type defense. You know, Michigan State's got a good defense. But here's the thing. If you can score more than 10 points against Michigan State, they're beat. <laughs> they, 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 right they automatically so i was actually I, I was actually betting pretty heavily on ohio state uh, i took the over two and i got super close to getting it just got burned there toward the end you know with a couple uh you know a couple turnovers toward the end of the game that, that kind of you know kept me from in the over but ohio state looks dominant they look absolutely like they're going to just steamroll everybody 
in the Big Ten until they get into the to the playoff. Uh, but Ohio State's, you know, kind of typical for one of those mid to end of the year losses that they have no business taking, and uh, they'll have to scrape to try to make the playoff. But they look fantastic right now. Justin Fields looks like one of those one of those guys to where you know Kirby Smart sitting at home kicking his chair because he's let let this kid transfer. Yes, mm, yes, man. yes, yes. Owens, what you think about this game? Man, man? Um, I was kind of like you, man. I thought it would be a lot closer, man. I thought Wisconsin's defense, man, would kind of slow him down enough to make it a, a close game. Um, but um, I agree with with with, um, with Kevin, man. I, I think Ohio State is the number one team in the country um, just because they're a complete team defensive and defensively and offensively. Yeah, all the way around. Um all the way around. I mean, uh, you know, looking at Alabama, they got the offense, but their defense is suspect. Um, Clemson, uh, they got you know, their defense is all right, but they, you know, Trevor Lawrence is struggling at times, man. So it's kind of like, you know, they don't they don't run the ball enough, you know. So it's like, uh, they can be beat. I think um, LSU offense is incredible, but their defense is suspect. I mean, they they you know so. I, I agree with him that Ohio State is number one team in, in the country. Uh, but I thought it would be a lot closer. Um, but, yeah, they just showed that, listen, they, I don't think they're going to be beat, man, this year, man. They might win it all. Yeah, that's – I mean, I mean, we've said that on this podcast before that they definitely look like the number one team in the country. Speaking of number one, LSU stays undefeated against Auburn. They get Auburn. They held on to go ahead and uh, beat Auburn, now number one in the AP and it's hard to argue that. It's, it's hard to argue that. I mean, for the LSU fans and the and the SEC, you know, drum beaters out there, it's I get it. LSU's done what they needed to do to be in a number one slot. So has Alabama. You know, neither one of them have lost. Both of them are, are typically dominating the games they played in. So, I mean, you can't argue, you can't argue with LSU being a number one uh, – I have I got no I got no beef with that, but at the end of the day, all that stuff works itself out. So for all the Clemson fans that keep crying because they keep dropping in the polls, just win. It doesn't matter if you go undefeated and you win your champion, you win your conference championship. It doesn't matter if you're number four, three, two, or one. Just win. It'll work itself out. So everybody, hush up about that. Oh yeah. Here's what I think about that. I think it helps Clemson more than anything. Because now the target's not on their back, right? That's a great point. And now they could—I mean, they could—I mean, they could kind of just go in and and just kind of cruise in through the back door without all the press and all the media banging their door down about how great they are. You know what I mean? I mean, they have something to look at every week. Yep. You know, press clippings. You how know, they, and, and, how, and how poster board material, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and how they're being disrespected. Actually, I think Dabo is going to do a good job playing that, you know, to their advantage, you know. So it, I think it I think it helps Clemson more than anybody to have those two SEC teams. One, you beat the brakes yeah. off of last year ahead of you. And then LSU, you know, they're just getting to the party because they have this brand new, you I'm know, uh, I don't know what you call it, this this yeah this 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 millennial type <laughs> offense, as opposed to the you know the baby boomer type offense where it's three yards in a cloud yeah. of dust. And here's here's a, here's a here's a good here's a good I guess it's a yeah stat up for for Clemson. They are only 0.7 points per game off of their scoring pace than they were last year, and they just keep dropping. I know I saw a press clip with that 
with Dabo Sweeney, and, and you know he's he's making light of it. He's he's not letting the press see that it, that it's bothering him. But at the same time, you know he's going back in the locker room. But he was he's had his his press conference, and he kept saying the elusive point seven points. You know it, it's it's tough to catch that point seven points, and everybody thinks that Clemson is different. Here's the thing: Clemson's bar was set so freaking high coming into the season. Trevor Lawrence had already won the Heisman. I'd been, and I'll, I'll get to that a little, in a little bit later on in, in our in another one of our segments. But the bar was set so high that it was going to be impossible for them to live up to it. It was it, it was too high. It, 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 they're going to go undefeated through the regular season, more than likely, and they're still going to be a disappointing season because the bar was set so high, and that's crazy. And it's, it's a good place to be, I guess. But uh, I was going to say that I was I was going to say that too, man. Their schedule is so easy. <laughs> From you know, from here on out, it's like, dude, they're pretty much guaranteed the, the the college football playoffs unless you know something dumb happens. Yeah. You know, like they just turn the ball over every every down or something. Yeah, I mean, but, it's gonna take I something mean, crazy for them to lose a game. But even, even right, then, right. if they lose a game, the the playoff committee is usually pretty good. Hey, you, you're are, are letting the four best teams. Even if Clemson loses a game and still wins their championship, they're still, in my opinion, one of the four best teams. Unless there's a bunch of other undefeated teams, so yeah. But all that stuff will work itself out because I think the number, the thing with LSU being number one, that's going to set up a huge game yeah. in a couple of weeks, right? Because they, that well, aren't they, aren't they both on bye weeks this week, yep. LSU yep. and Alabama? And so you, you, you know, you get them on a bye week this week, and they come in next week, number one and number two. That's just going to make for a heck of a matchup, right. you know what I mean? A, a, a major build up all week up until mm-hmm. the game. ESPN will throw up the countdown oh, yeah. ticker, you know what I mean? The scroll on the bottom of the screen, and they'll have all that stuff going on. And so that just makes for yeah. hype, gonna, I think. And at least this year, it's not going to be six to nothing or nine to six. Oh, it's going to be a Big 12 game. Like, we talked about that already. This man, man, 62 to 58 or something like that. Man, it's going to be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear about the SEC defense after that game. Oh, no. Speaking of defense, man, Minnesota is still undefeated. Are we taking them seriously? I've asked this question a couple weeks ago. I'm asking it again because they're still undefeated. for to take them seriously or not, it's gonna that they got to play Penn State first. They got Penn State coming up in two weeks. I think it's two weeks. That, that, that's gonna be, yeah, the next that, game yeah, they have a bye that's week. That's when we week. find out if they're yeah. serious or not. Me, I love TJ Fleck. He he he's, he runs a fun offense to watch on TV. He's always got fantasy relevance on his teams. Thank God they're just giving mostly most of the carries to one running back, and they got the two outside receivers with Bateman and and Johnson. But we'll find out how real they are in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that Penn State team, man, they man, they playing yeah. some ball, man. They, they they seem like they for real, man. So that's gonna be a, a very good weekend, man, of college football yeah. coming weeks. LSU, Alabama, Minnesota, Penn State, man. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm still thinking. Forget Penn State. They burned me a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I picked up, I picked up their defense against Michigan, and they let oh. Michigan. Run up and down the field on them, and I, uh, I don't want to hear about Penn State. <laughs> Top five team in OU, the Sooners, go down to K State, dude. This was this was this game. I was I was 
I mean, we were we were we were texting back and forth about how it was over in the third quarter and their body language. They look so lethargic. They're getting thumped in the trenches. You have all this stuff going on. K State's just on the field, just parlaying and hanging out. Wouldn't get off the field. Oh, you couldn't get them off the field. They possessed the ball some thirty-eight plus minutes or something like that. I mean just pretty much running down OU's throat. And this is the same K-State team that struggled on third down all season long. I don't know what to think. I don't I don't want them. And these, I mean, this, this is our squad. I don't want them to be considered for the college football playoff now to save me from the yeah, embarrassment. It's, it's tough. This was a defense that I think most people expected coming into the season. You know, that where it was, you know, you can't really stop anybody and they're going to have to be a fun, high-scoring, you know, shoot-it-out kind of game. And then you got, you know, a couple good weeks of, of good defense and then they just let you down like this. And this was this was one of those games to me, it seemed like that it, was, it wasn't it was over. I, was, I wasn't like on the other side of the coin of, of you. I had a buddy of mine text me, we was talking about the game, and he said, man, Oklahoma's about to get, you know, routed by Kansas State. And I said, no, they're not. There, there's no way that they're going to just – roll over and get beat by 25 by these guys because they can score so fast. And sure enough, I mean, it took a, a ball off a of thigh, you know, from a Trayon Bridges. Is that how you say his name, Trayon? Trajan Bridges. Took a ball off his thigh yeah. nine and a half yards for them to, uh, to end up in the game because I, I thought the whole time, like, now there's no way Hurts is just going to roll over. Hurts, as, as much as I dislike Alabama, as much as I dislike Oklahoma as, as a whole, I, I am pulling for that kid. I like that kid. I like his attitude. I like his work ethic. He seems like an awesome kid to be around. All the coaches rave about him. And the way he handled all, all the Alabama stuff, it makes me want to pull for him as much as I don't want to. But I, I, just, I thought there was no way that he was just going to roll over and get run out of that stadium by 20-plus points. So I wasn't surprised that they come back, but I was surprised that the defense just totally disappeared on them. Man, key plays in that game. Um, I remember, I remember uh, Kansas State. It was a third and eighteen or something like that, man. And he threw, he throws a long bomb. I think it was Trey Brown over there holding the guy. You know, <laughs> kept kept the drive alive. I'm, 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 I'm sitting there thinking, like, really, man. You know, the ball was too high over his head. I mean, come on, listen, man. Another another play. What was it? The fumble on the kickoff, um, yeah. and then another one right before the half. Uh, he hit the guy. Got the receiver's name. Hit him right in his hands on the trick play. He he just popped the ball up in air and got run underneath it. It was Charleston Rambo. Rambo, yeah, the guy runs underneath it. They they ended up scoring for the half. I mean, stupid plays mentally, and, and yeah. just I mean, it was just. Oh that was God. that was Charleston Charleston Rambo. Instead of catching the ball with his hands, he's yeah. trying to cradle cradle the ball like a baby, and it hit yes. him in his forearm and popped way up in there. And the DB ran under it. But just to be clear, in this chat, I was not giving up on the Sooners. I was telling those guys it was Owens. <laughs> it was Owens, and a couple of our other buddies was like, "It's over." I was like, "Wait a minute, it's." Like seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and y'all laying down. Well, so uh, here's, yes. the, here's the thing, though. When, you know, OU, OU, when OU have these type of games, even in the, in yep. the past seasons that we we watched, when they have these type of games, they lose them because 
when when it goes bad, it goes really bad. Yeah. And it's like they they have they have penalties, dumb penalties, and then they have turnovers all at the all at the same time. And it's like they can't recover from it. And so I'm looking at this like, yeah, I see this is one of those games. And, and so that's why I'm telling you, it's over, man. And then you know, the, looking at the time, it's just like, yeah. you know, it looked like Grinch couldn't recover. It, I mean, they had figured out that OU slants a lot, and they was just beating that concept into the ground. And so Grinch gets my can't get right. So Grinch, here you go. Something wrong with his head. Can't get right, boss. Can't get right. All right, we'll see how long he lasts. <laughs> yes, <That's laughs> Grinch. Awesome. Clip, he just man. could. <laughs> <laughs> he just could not get it right in that game. He couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Texas goes down to TCU. My man, Kevin's Longhorns. Yeah, tough, Gary Patterson. Up and down horn frogs. You don't know what horn frog you're yeah. going to get. You sure don't. You're going to get the one that got beat by SMU, or you're going to get the one that beat Texas. I don't know. Yeah, I actually told told the girlfriend before I got on here, I was going to keep this very PG. Uh, it ruined my night for at least four hours. You know, we had a nice, you know, Halloween costume party to go to, and we all had a couple drinks, having a good time. And I'm in my room replacing a fan, you know, a ceiling fan, and I'm watching this game. And it just infuriates me. It, it, and it, it ruined my, my evening for at least a solid four hours. It was just one of those things to where you're watching a team that they have their best player they've had in the past decade, ever since Colt McCoy left. So now we've, we've got it on ground there, and we've got a legitimate, you know, big-time, big-play quarterback, and we're essentially going to waste him. You know, uh, Herman's going gonna to waste him, and all we're going to get out of it is a Sugar Bowl against a Georgia team that may or may not even wanted to be there. And then we're we're going to end up we're going to end up in the same spot because I can see Herman getting pushed by boosters and stuff like that to make a move at, at defense because you can't keep putting a defense like that out on the field if you're the University of Texas because you recruit too friggin' good to be the worst Power Five defense in the country. I got into a major major Twitter fight about three or four weeks ago when we played Oklahoma State. <laughs> and and, and, oh, all, and wow. all these folks were, were so happy about how good the, the defense played. But at the end of the day, we still give up 496 yards of offense. We'd given up 400-plus yards of offense every single game except for Rice, and that's the only team that they're, – they're, they're incapable of putting up 400 yards of offense. And everybody was just so happy that we forced a couple of turnovers. We held Chubba Hubbard to only 130 rushing yards and a touchdown. We held Tyler Wallace to 80 receiving yards. They still put up almost 500 yards of offense. So I, this this writing was on the wall a long time ago. I've, I've not felt comfortable all year long about the defense. Even when we were playing Louisiana Tech, we, we still go up 437 yards of offense. So from from a fan standpoint, it's tough to – it's tough just to – to want to take the time out of my Saturday to watch a defense that's going to give up 500 yards of offense and have to pray that our quarterback can outscore the other team. Because that's, all, that's the only way we've won all year long. And the games that he couldn't outscore the other team, we have lost, obviously. And we can't rely on our defense for anything. And it's it makes me want to flip over my coffee table in the living room because I, just, I, I want to punch a hole through my TV. Because how do you continue – Year after year after year to put a defense on the field when you 
that's that bad whenever you get top 10 recruiting classes every single year. I don't want to hear the bull crap. Our secondary is hurt. Our two and three deep are better than TCU's ones. They should be. All right. So get out mm-hmm. of here with that mm-hmm. that garbage excuse. I don't want to hear it. It's just uh, Herman's going to have to make a move, I think. But then that's going to put us back in that that downward spiral again to where we got to we got to do it all over again. So I don't know that making a defensive coordinator changes what the move is. Because it doesn't matter what scheme you run. If you can't make open field tackles, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what scheme you're running. Kevin sound like the way like us last the last few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean Texas Texas was in control of the game and then it looked like TCU made some great halftime adjustments. I mean, they outscored Texas twenty four to ten in the second half and the and the you know had some turnovers yes. in there too. Ellinger with four picks. Ellinger four picks, career high. Uh, he had he had a bad game, but here's the thing. That's what I was getting at. If our quarterback doesn't play damn near perfect, we can't win. You know, and that's that's one of those things to where you can't you can't expect a kid that's 20 years old to go out there and play perfect every single weekend. And we've been fortunate enough that he's played as good as he has this year. We'd have three or four. We'd have we'd have four or five losses by now. Mm. All right, I'll get off my toe box, yeah. boys. <laughs> It was just kind of rant, man. We understand completely. completely. Yes, sir. Notre Dame gets stumped by Michigan, who no one knows what they're going to do at like TCU. We don't know what Michigan team is going to show up. A Michigan team that's going to thump Notre Dame like that, a Michigan team that's going to struggle to score, you know, 13, 14 14 points. But, you know, they put 45 on Notre Dame, Coke 45. They dropped a 45 spot on Notre Dame. I mean, only gave up 180 total yards to Notre Notre Dame team that was averaging over 400 yards per game. They got a former linebacker in there, Hassan Haskins, running wild on the Irish. Great. What I mean, what do we make of this Michigan team dropping 45 on a good Notre Dame? Not a great Notre Dame team. Not a great team. A good Notre Dame team. Owens, man, what's up, man? Man, Notre Dame is not what we expected this year, man. Uh, I'm looking at at their schedule, and they really haven't played a a good team. Like Georgia. They lost to Georgia. That was a good – Good game, yeah. But it's Georgia, Georgia, all they wanted. But it's Georgia, who we think they are. I mean, with 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 their loss, um, but Carolina, right, right, right. So I mean, it's like okay, you 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 know, Louisville. Uh, uh, I think the first half of that Louisville game, beginning of the season, Louisville was giving them all they want. Yeah. Um, and then you know Virginia, that game was uh, was a good close game. Um, USC, they, they squeaked that, that game out against USC. And USC is not what we expected them to be this year. Um, they got injuries everywhere. But Man, you're looking at <laughs> – yeah, 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 hell yeah. USC is just Hilton busted seat. up. Hilton seat is about as hot as anybody's in the country. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – I mean, Michigan, man, Michigan is mad. They they was they played angry. Um, I mean, because you know they there wasn't, you know, they're not the team that we expect them to be. But I think their defense, man, uh, is still good, um, and they showed it 
uh, this past weekend, man. I, I just think I just think Notre Dame, man. Offensively, Ian Book, man, he's not. I mean, he, he could do it against a, like a Bowling Green. I mean, show that against Bowling Green in New Mexico. <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, he just, I mean, he just destroyed him, man. But you get him against against a good defense, man, and it's like, where's Book? Book, are you out here on the Book? Where you at? <laughs> and <they're> like, <laughs> like, man, but uh, yeah, again, that was the case this past weekend. Book, where you at? <laughs> I wonder, Kevin, I wonder, what you think, man? Spot on, man. Uh, Michigan, Michigan played nasty. They played physical. They played nasty. They played like they got slapped around, and people weren't going to give them any more respect. And they they played that way. They uh, Charbonnet and 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 Haskins they dominated that game. And if, if it right. weren't for one or the other, one of those two running backs would be a huge fantasy football asset. But they oh my god, right, yes. right, right. He's the touchdown guy. He's the guy that's gonna gonna get around the goal line. Haskins seems like he's gonna lead the team in carries. But here's the thing: the reason why Michigan was able to dominate that game was because of the running game. It was raining so stinking hard out there. I mean, it, I don't know if you guys watched the game or not, but it was pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. Right, right. His tail mm-hmm. off, and the, they Notre Dame could not establish the run game. And when it's right that mm-hmm. hard, you can't go out there and expect Book to throw that thing 40 times. And right. the fact that they couldn't run the ball, they was going to have to rely on Book to do that. And you can't do that in that, that sort of weather. And the fact that Michigan could just just say, hey, look, we're going to run it right at the pop. We're going to run it right at you 40, 50 times this game. Stop us. See what you got. And Notre Dame wasn't up to task. Yeah. Speaking of establishing the run game, man, they, they ended up with what, 47 rushing yards. Total forty-seven rushing, forty-seven rushing yards on thirty-one attempts. Yeah, that was terrible. Mm. Speaking of terrible, Arizona State losing to UCLA. Listen, what are you doing losing to UCLA? I mean, Josh Kelly goes bananas, and I have him on the bench in both leagues. I had him in one. It's really. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I had him, and he went bananas. Who the heck is Frank Darby? (laughs) <laughs> Six catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. You got Jaden Daniels not showing up until the second half, mainly in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Herm, yes. Herm, look, when Herm Edwards' team gets beat by lowly UCLA, what in the world is going on in this game? Somebody <laughs> help me out. <laughs> it's a bad luck. Man. So that was an ugly game, man. It's, you know, UCLA has actually turned a pretty a pretty big corner since that Washington State win. You know, they were looking they were looking like they were going to be, you know, a one or two win team coming out the year. Mm-hmm. They they were mm-hmm. the, the, the 130th ranked offense in the country right. going into that Washington mm-hmm. game, and then something clicked. Something happened. Uh, DTR got it rolling. He's played mm-hmm. since then. He's not played great, and he's had a couple ups and downs. But now it's starting to look like Joshua Kelly's finally figuring out how to play football again. You know, Kelly was a back of the first round, top of the second round pick, uh, keeper for me in a couple different leagues, and I got I've got seven different uh, fantasy football college fantasy football leagues, and I own him in four, if I'm not mistaken. And it's uh, he was so great last year. I mean, it was one of those games like I did not have to worry about Joshua Kelly. He was going to get 25 to 30 touches that game. He was going to run from 125 to 150 and give me one or two scores. It was almost yep. locked in from week four on last year. And he's been one of my most frustrating players this, this year. And I started him in one league just because simple fact is I had to. I didn't have an option. 
you know, uh, I'm not I'm not the uh, the biggest knee jerk react guy to off one big game. You got to show me you're going to be able to do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Last week it was for a buck mm-hmm. sixty seven or a buck forty three, something like that. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give you one more week, but I have to start you here because I don't have a better option. And you know, Arizona State's defense has not been terrible this year. Right. You know, they they right. had a good defense, so it wasn't a, a super confident play for me. And uh, I was really disappointed in myself because because Kelly Kelly come to play. You know, there's not a lot of games you're gonna get a, a four running four touchdown game out of your running back. I was fortunate enough to still win in the league that I had him on the bench, but uh, but at the end at the end of the day, man, it's it seemed like since the Washington State game that UCLA has turned a corner from at least an offensive standpoint. They're still total garbage on defense, but uh, right. that's what we like to see for 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 fantasy football. We want we want a good offense that can move the ball. That's got a really terrible defense. That means they got to keep on scoring. So it's uh yeah I'm I'm definitely rolling out Joshua Kelly the rest of the year and I'm going to do it confidently because the rest of their the rest of their schedule doesn't look terrible, uh but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah Utah in week twelve I don't like that yeah and Cal last week but anyways listen I I think uh, I think UCLA when they beat Stanford man uh, last week before last man I think it did something to them um, I think they're going to have another win this week against Colorado. Um, but it comes to an end, uh, <laughs> like you said, week nine against Utah, we man. 12, they gonna 12, get, 12. I mean, we, we 12, yeah, we 12 against Utah. They're going to get spanked, man. They're going to get spanked. Um, they got an opportunity to beat USC, man. Um, but, uh, I think Cal's going to beat them too. But yeah, like you said, man, at, at Washington State, uh, after that week, man, DTR, man, he woke up and, uh. The offense is looking pretty good, man. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they. I don't know what to say about this. Up, it's an upset, man. I don't know what, what to. I mean, I could just say it was all Joshua Kelly. I just put it on Kelly. Kelly did it. Kelly did do it, man. <laughs> all right, guys, give me, give me your most surprising teams for the week and for the season. Owens, start us out, man. Oh man, the worst surprise. Man, team for me this week, Oklahoma State, man, beating uh, uh Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I was I was surprised, man. Like, uh, wait a minute. Sanders just, finally got it going again. That that was the key to that game. Sanders finally hey, didn't lose the game for him because that's what he's done for right, the weeks. Right. I mean, they lose T lose to Texas Tech and then Baylor back to back. I'm thinking, oh man, them is heartbreak breaking losses. I mean, although Baylor, man, is kind of like a, a under the radar, underrated team right now. They, them boys is playing some ball, but um, the best team um, he's talking about. But uh, yeah, but um, man, I I looked at this game, man, and I said, listen, Iowa State going, they going, they going, they going to whoop Oklahoma State. Um, I just, I, I mean, listen, I think Iowa State is a really, really good team, man. Uh, they play defense real good. They got good offense, man. They've been, they can score. Um, and I just like, man, Oklahoma State is uh, all over the place right now, man. It's almost like they don't know who they are. They just hand the ball to Hubbard, and 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 if especially if Sanders is not going, I like that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know you do. <laughs> but if but if, if Sanders is struggling, man, it's like okay, Hubbard, bail us out. You know, it's, it's that type of thing. So, but uh, yeah, it was a shocking man win for Oklahoma State this week. Um, but as far as the um, most surprising team of the year, 
I just mentioned them. Baylor, man, undefeated Baylor, number eighteen Baylor, man. They they playing uh, defense actually. And like what? Very surprised. Baylor playing defense, yeah. Um, and and their offense is uh, is scoring some points. So, man, they believing. They when you watch them play, they flying all over the field, man. They high fiving and jumping up, like man, okay, Baylor, all right, I see you. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just shocked, man, to see where they came, what they were last year, and where they are now. So yeah, Baylor is my uh, surprising football team this year. KB, what you got, bro? So for the week, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. Uh, surprising in a in, in a negative way, I guess. I, I was I was thinking that from what I've seen so far this year, it seemed like Oklahoma had had at least most of their issues on on defense figured out. Uh, they they definitely turned their their ugly head this this game and they, and they come back and and, and it and it hurt them bad, but uh, I, I I'm interested to see how they bounce back. You know it's it, you know every every team is entitled one bad week. Oklahoma lost last year or, or in the in the middle of the season, still won the champ, still won the Big Twelve championship, still at a playoff spot. They're not out of the playoff for all the people in the world that thinks if a team loses, they're out of the playoff. Other teams are going to lose. Not everybody going to go undefeated there's not going to be seven undefeated teams or six or five there's probably only going to be one or two so for everybody out there freaking out just pump the brakes Oklahoma still got a shot to make the playoff they're 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 still I think they still control their own destiny Alabama and LSU have to play each other Clemson's more than likely going to win out I think Ohio State will win out so you got you got two two undefeated teams there if you're a one loss conference championship team Typically, you've made the playoff unless you're – and that's – and even in the Pac-12, Oregon still controls their own fate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's uh, – mm-hmm. you know, other, other teams are going to lose. You can't just expect all these teams to go undefeated. So, for Oklahoma fans, you're still good. You're still all right. You're still going to have one of the best offenses in the country. You just got to fix a couple of those mistakes. And what, what and my most surprising uh, mother – team for the week is is Michigan. I'm going to sneak a second one in here on you guys. Uh, I did not see that coming. I did not see a beat down like that coming. So, so, so to move on from my surprising team of the year, and I'm going to go with Ohio State, and a lot of people may think that that's not surprising. Uh, I think it's very surprising with the fact you got a transfer quarterback coming in that had that hadn't started any games up to that point. Right. You didn't know what he was going to get on the field. you got a brand-new head coach. Urban Meyer's gone. Everywhere Urban Meyer has left, they have totally imploded on him for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He left. He left Florida, and Florida is still trying to get out of the gutter. Mm. It looks like <laughs> that way, but but that that's the thing. You know, I I think Urban Meyer is is one of those top two, top three coaches in the country. Everywhere right. he, goes, he dominates. As soon as he went to Ohio State from Florida, as soon as he went, they were on on probation, so they couldn't go to a bowl game. But I made a bet with a buddy of mine. I said, I I, I bet you a hundred bucks if they go undefeated. And I, I was I was so confident that he would win every game up there in the Big Ten whenever he got there. And he, he's totally dominated as a coach. And the fact that that day has come in and he has, he's continued that culture there. And then he's able to, to have the offense that they have along with making the defense significantly better with whatever he's doing with his defensive coordinators. Uh, Ohio State's definitely the most surprising team for me this year. I did not expect him to be this good. I thought they would be – you know, a nine and three, a ten and two type type of team, and they've looked fantastic so far. Man, that's good, man. I'm gonna go with K State for the week. Just thumping the Sooners in the trenches again. Held the ball for about 38 minutes, hanging out on the field, man, picnicking, eating sandwiches, and playing cards. 
playing playing cards and all that kind of stuff. Just wouldn't get off the field by any means, man. Oh, you could not get them off the field. I was utterly shocked at how they handled the Sooners on both sides of the ball up front, the offensive line and the defensive line. They controlled the line of scrimmage throughout the entire game. You know, they had a game plan to, you know, pretty much uh, derail the Sooners' uh all the all the slanting and the stunting and they just you know we're gonna run where you're not and they did that the entire the entire game and and that was my most surprising team for the week my most surprising team for the season i'm going with smu the mustangs they're undefeated and moving up the charts man currently number 15 in the in the ap poll i am convinced that they have Jerry Curl Juice and Goggles from E.D., Eric Dickerson. Yes, sir. Getting yes, in that locker room somewhere. I mean, that's the that's that's the Mustang mojo that they're flying with, man. They've got a huge game this week versus Memphis. But right now, I mean, they're looking good at number 15 in the country, man. So I got to go with SMU as my most surprising team for the year. Guys, your most disappointing team for the week and for the year. Owens, what's up? Oh, man, we we talked about it. I'm not going to uh, touch on it too much longer, man. Uh, Oklahoma, um, disappointing team for the week. Um, I think my most disappointing team for the year is Central Florida, man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so used to seeing the last couple of years, man, the Central Florida team go undefeated. Um, and they they're screaming in in, in, the, in the NCAA's ear, like, "Hey, man, we deserve a playoff shot. We deserve to be in." You know, we're so used to hearing it, man. We we seeing them flying all over the field, man, making plays defensively, offensively, and it's like, man, uh, you got two losses already. You know, you know to lose to Pitt and lose to Cincinnati, which is which are good defensive teams, but man, I just don't see Pitt outscoring them. You know, like I didn't, I didn't see Pitt outscoring them in that game, and I and Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati was slowing down a little bit. I didn't see Cincinnati outscoring them either. You know, Cincinnati is used to that high flying, high power, high power offense. So, um, man, that's. I mean, I think at this point, man, and I expected Central Florida to be undefeated, man. And uh, looking at the rest of their schedule, I thought they would go uh, undefeated all again. This year, so I'm, I'm I think that's a disappointing year for them. For sure, yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, most disappointing team for the week is obviously for me is Texas to be uh to to let down and totally have a come apart game. It's a team that struggles to score 15 points a week and let them hang 37 on you. That was tough to watch, uh, but I've already I've already went on my soapbox there, so I don't need to continue on that. But my most disappointing team for the year, and it may just be where I'm from. But the hype around Tennessee in my area, which I'm, I'm in Tennessee, so the hype for Tennessee in, in my area was unbelievable coming in this year. You know, they ended up closing out with a great recruiting class. They brought in a bunch of big-time uh, transfers. And for them to start this season the way they did, even after the dominant win against South Carolina this past week, they still still are nowhere even close to expectations. At least, But at least they won't lose to Vanderbilt this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they like might. <laughs> my, most, my most disappointing team for the week. We've talked about it already. I'll just touch on it a little bit more. Arizona State. 
What are you doing losing to UCLA? By oh. 10. You lose to him, but then you lose by 10. Couldn't get Eno going. Those numbers that he put up were pedestrian at best, just putrid. Mm. I mean, Jaden didn't get going until it was too late. Just couldn't get right. Herm Edwards, another one of my can't get right. So here you go, Herm. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with his head? Just can't get right, boss. Can't get right. All right, we'll see how long he lasts. Yeah, so, Mr. Uh, hello, you played to win the game, did not win the game against UCLA. <laughs> so, and my most disappointing team for the season, the Nebraska Cornheads, man. The Cornheads. All we heard during the spring and the summer was how mm -hmm. Nebraska was the favorites to win the Big Ten East and mm -hmm. how Frost has already turned the program around and he is the next best thing since Tom Osborne. Wrong! And eh. They stink with Martinez. They stink without Martinez. It doesn't matter. Return to Cinder. I'm not buying Nebraska hype at all. Very, very disappointing. Man, it's terrible. All right, guys, let's get into our CFF segment of the show. We're going to hit our start, sit, and PAP. PAP, for all of you that don't know what that is, that is potential average performance, not necessarily a sit, somewhat of a caution. This guy can have an average game. Uh, if you all you need is an average game, then, hey, you may want to start one of these guys. But it's definitely, definitely something you want to look at and take a second look at some other guys if you have the opportunities. This is going to be a hard week because this is one of those weeks, not as bad as what it was, week six, when you had just about everybody on their mama on bye week. This tough week, that week man. Yeah, this, this week is, is uh, uh, a smaller version of that. Yeah. You got a lot of people on bye week this week also. Right, right. You're going to have to make some moves. You're going to have to, you know what I mean, maneuver around some things and really get the skinny on some players that's, you, you know, that's that, sitting out there on the waiver wires. You, you know, try to set yourself up for the playoffs. The <laughs> playoffs are just right around the corner. And so we're going to start with start. Uh, one quarterback, running back, and one wide receiver. Then we'll do the same for sit and the same for PAP. Owens is going to start us off, as he always do. He'll be followed by KB. And then I will conclude it. Owens, let's go. Man, the, the quarterback that I'm going to start this week, man, I'm going with Kellen Mond from Texas A&M uh, against uh, UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. Listen, last week, uh, this past week, man, Kelly, Kellen Mond, man, he showed out against Mississippi State. Um, 17 for 23 for 234 yards and three passing touchdowns. He also had nine carries, 76 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, which was, uh, I was kind of surprised at what he did against Mich Mississippi State, man, because he's kind of been like up and down all year. And uh, I didn't think that he was going to do what he did against Mississippi State. But he may be hot going into this game this week, man, against a uh, I guess Texas San Antonio team, man. They give up uh, over 200 yards on the ground, like two, like 210 yards on the ground. 
I know they give up 184 passing yards through the air, but listen, man, I think mine is going to have another field day this weekend. So if you got Kellen Mond, I think you can be comfortable putting them in your starting lineup. All right. KB. All right, I'm going to roll a Malcolm Perry. Last week, the touchdowns didn't fall his way, but he was still over 140 rushing yards. You're not going to get any passing volume from him. If you get lucky and get a touchdown in the passing game, great. That's just an extra bonus. But for the past several weeks, he's not had less than 140 rushing yards in, I, I want to say, four consecutive weeks. He's been running the ball really good. And next to Chubba Hubbard, I think he's the best, one of the best runners in the country right now. He's getting a ton of carries, 20-plus every week. He's had a hundred. He had 140. Like I said, the touchdown just didn't fall his way. Uh, most of the time, you're gonna get you're gonna get those two and three touchdowns from a from an, an, an option Navy quarterback. And you know he's he's been great. I, I was out on him going into the season, and the only re- let, me, let me rephrase that. Whenever they swapped his eligibility on fan track back to uh, only quarterback, I was totally out on on Malcolm Perry because I was all in last year. And he bit me right in the tail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he got plenty of carries. He got the red zone, they just they pulled him out. They put Zach A. B. in, big bodied guy, and you know, and let him run the ball mm-hmm. in there. But uh, over the past over the past uh, four weeks, he's had 111 rushing yards, 218, 188, and a buck 42. And in the previous, and in those 100 yard rushing games, he's had. Seven total touchdowns and zero were last week. So in the previous three games, he had seven rushing touchdowns. I think you can count on that because he's going up against UConn, and we all know UConn's terrible. They're one of the worst teams in the country. They've got a better, got a better defense than Texas, but that's not saying a whole bunch. So roll out Malcolm Perry confidently, fellas. I like it, man. Listen, I'm going with Mason Fine versus UTEP. Fine had a monster game against Charlotte last week with the stat line of – 394 passing yards, five touchdowns, man. No picks was by far his best game of the season. I think he's finally getting comfortable uh, without Rico Bussey. He's got a couple guys stepping up out there on the outside. He's got the freshman, I think, Jair Shorter, who will probably be a hot waiver wire commodity coming up this week. Uh, I think he's finally starting to get his feet set. And, and, and he's finally looking like the guy we all thought he would be. Uh, you know, they were pushing Heisman at the beginning of the year. That's over. I think he don't have anything to worry about with that. He's got his mind off of that. Hopefully that's long gone. That is in the wind, buddy. And so he's got he's got a couple nice matchups ahead of him. Listen, I'm starting Mason Fine this week against UTEP. Man, good pick, good pick. All right, the running back that I'm going to start this week, man, is Elijah Mitchell versus Texas State. Yes. Elijah Mitchell, man. This guy, man, is a fantasy phenomenon. Listen, man, I, I passed on the guy, man. I'm mad about it. This is this is a Farnsworth guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're loving it while I'm talking about him. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> This guy, man, he just does nothing but score touchdowns, man, and 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 give you the fantasy points that you're looking for. Uh, Texas State guys have given up 216 rushing yards a game. So uh, I know Elijah, man, is over there licking his chops. He fits to eat, and he fits to get stuffed 
We're going to feel like a gluten this week, man, against Texas State, man. Get your Elijah Mitchell starting, guys, if you got him. Absolutely. KB. All right, so this one is a little more on the obvious side, but it's Joshua Kelly. I know I know he's burned a lot of people this year, and a lot of people are nervous about putting him in lineups, me included. Uh, I've, I've sat him multiple weeks this year. He's probably been on my bench this year more than he's been in my starting lineup. But it's starting to seem like UCLA's figured out what to do, figured out how to get back to that running game, how to be explosive. He's had two straight weeks over 150 yards. Last week he had, he had uh, 34 for 164 and four touchdowns. Everybody throw the four touchdowns out of the window. You're probably not getting that the rest of the season. But the fact is, 34 carries, 164 yards. Last two weeks, over 150 yards. Seems like they're finally starting to get clicking as an offense. And like we spoke about earlier, they got a really bad defense, and we love that. We want to keep want to keep those games close. We want to keep them tight. We want to keep the ball in their best players' hands. That is Joshua Kelly. Chip Kelly, if he knows what's good for him, he's going to feed the guy the rock. Listen, I feel the same way you do. I've had him on my bench more than he's been. And I only think he's been in the game maybe once all season. And uh, I'm definitely rolling him out there this week. I love that pick. Charles Williams, I'm going with, guys. Charles Williams of UNLV going against Colorado State. Lowly Colorado State Rams last week. Charles Williams showed me. He showed me, you know, he went over the century mark against a great San Diego State defense. So he showed me toughness, mm-hmm. man. Uh, Colorado State giving up. They must have the same game plan as uh, Texas State because they're also giving up 216 rushing yards per game. <laughs> so they must be, you know, passing the same game plan around to each other. So I am starting Charles Williams with confidence this week. So, guys, if you got Charles Williams, he should have a hefty, mm-hmm. hefty, hefty college fantasy football day coming up this week against Colorado State. Oh, man, I like it. All right, the wide receiver that I'm going to start this week is Warren Jackson from Colorado State versus UNLV. Listen, Warren Jackson, man, has been on a tear the last few weeks. He's been targeted a bunch. I mean, like a bunch every game and so uh like 15 you know targets a game yes a game yes yes and and i mean he just been and he catch a lot of those balls man he got he had 12 uh three games ago and nine catches in a row the last two games like last week what he did to farnsworth nine catches for 178 yards and a touchdown <laughs> live it up <laughs> Leave it up. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, but anyway, if you guys got if you guys got Warren Jackson, man, listen, put him in your in your lineup uh, with confidence, man. He's gonna get the targets, gonna get the catches, man. He's gonna give you good fantasy points. All right, for me, fellas, I'm rolling out with Lavisca Chenault. Uh, I've had a lot hard time starting him this year. Uh, it, it seems like every year that I, I I'm in a, a very a, you know ten year long keeper league. Uh, you know, every single time I've ever kept a wide receiver, it seems like there's always a coaching change that year, and that wide receiver always sucks the next year. <laughs> Rashad Higgins, Rashad Higgins from Colorado State is a prime example. He he went crazy 
the year before, one year, 1,700 receiving yards. I want to say 21 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 18 yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, I had him. I had like him. That. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was that was when McElwain was there. And then he leaves. New coach comes in. And, man, he still had 1,000, mm-hmm. 1,000 right. yards, 10 touchdowns, which for the most part, you know, that's what you're looking for out of your wide receivers. That was not what I was looking for out of my wide receiver that I kept. I want another 1,500 yards and 20 stinking <laughs> touchdowns. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I friggin' expected out of LaVisca Chenault this year, and I'm not going to get it, and it makes me mad. But <laughs> with all that being said, he's been on the bench for several weeks. He's been hurt, getting nicked up, all that kind of stuff. So I sat him this week. He come back last week, had a decent game against uh, Oregon, had another uh, – you know, four catches, 70-some-odd yards. That's not really what you're looking for out of your first-round pick, your your first or second-round pick. So I, I decided to keep him on my bench. He goes bananas, nine catches, 172 yards, and a touchdown. Also had right around 20 rushing yards, had a couple carries. He's typically in the wildcat around the end zone, and that's that's you're going to get a little bit of extra juice from him there. But LaVisca Chenault seems like he is back, seems like he is healthy, and – Whatever the coaches decided to change about the game plan, they are making LaVisca Chenault the focus of the offense like he was last year. He will not be on my bench anymore this year. I don't care who they play. I don't care. I don't I don't even care if they were rolling out against Utah this weekend. He would still be in my starting lineup because they are going to pepper him with targets all game long. That's nice, man. I had him earlier this year in our home league, and I dropped him. I couldn't do it. Couldn't deal with him. Oh. He's sitting out there on the waivers right now. I may – Take a stab at it. We'll see. The, the wide receiver I'm going to start this week is Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins, look. Yes, sir. Arizona is giving up well over 300 passing yards per game. They can part the sea, the Red Sea, like no other. Listen, Hodgins will have a great day against Arizona. They give it up to everybody. I mean, if Owens and KB and I would go out there this week, I'd probably have nine for 102 and three. Two touchdowns. Owens, I have probably eight, nine catches for 130. And Kevin, I have. Kevin, I have 12 catches for 90 yards. (laughs) 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 Kevin will be in the spot. I'm still running. (laughs) (laughs) They are that bad. Look, he's played already the past couple weeks. Two of the best defenses in that league. He's been slowed down. He's ready. He's like a he's like a he's like a uh, doggone beast in the cage right now. I think he gets let out to run wild this this week against Arizona. Hey, if you got Isaiah Hodgins, I know you he's he's been bottled up. Put that guy in the game this week. I got him in. I got him in already. Um, sit. Listen, man. <laughs> it's time for your sit, so it's time for your sit. The quarterback, man, that I'm sitting this week, man, Jacob Eason, man, against Utah. Ooh, them Utah, them Utes. Boy, them boys can play some defense. Listen, man, Eason, man, did good against a pretty good Oregon team last, a week before last, week before last. But it's a whole other animal you're about to face this week, man. Utah is going to say, nope. Nope, Eason, nope, we got that tape. We know what you like to do. We're shutting it down. Uh, you know, just so we just take what whatever we give you, whatever we allow to take it, but it's not gonna be much. But uh listen, if you got Jacob Eason, man, find another route, man. Go pick up somebody out the way, let's do whatever it is you gotta do, but do not put him in the game. Sit him. All right. 
All right. So for so for, for me, fellas, I'm this one you may not be able to sit him due to all the bye weeks, but mine is Trevor Lawrence. I've been on the anti-Trevor Lawrence train since the end of the season last year. Yes, all the yes you have. All the <laughs> you have. And I've been very vocal before the season started. I wanted to make sure that nobody thought that I was just going to hop off hop off the train just to bash him once I'm there. I've been, I've been saying this since before the season started, since before draft started. Trevor Lawrence was not on my draft board at all. It did not matter what round it was in. It didn't matter if it was the last pick of the of a 20-round draft. I was not drafting Trevor Lawrence just for the simple fact that the bar was set so high. And we already covered that a little bit with the Clemson talk a little bit earlier. But uh, this week they play Walford. I just don't see him playing outside of the second quarter. He may, he may finish the first half, but that defense is playing fantastic. They are balling out. They just totally destroyed a decent to good Boston College offense. No way I'm rolling out Trevor Lawrence this week. I like that, man. I like that. Yeah, that's that's probably a good one right there. Check it out. This is who I'm going with. I am going to sit Mike Glass the Thoid. The Thoid. Mike Glass the Thoid is facing the Buffalo Bulls. Check it out. Buffalo has a better defense than everybody thinks. Yes, they Listen. do. Um, they're 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 giving up well under 100 rushing yards per game. So what does that's where his value? Yeah, you see, yeah, you say what does that mean? Well, that's most of his value, and plus, they don't have a running game outside of Mike Glass the third. You couldn't name me a decent Eastern Michigan running back. Shaq Vaughn's not the guy. I mean, so do they even have do, 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 exactly? Exactly, it's been that bad. So I think they're going to take that element away from him. And they're going to be able to focus in on the passing game and put the clamps down on that. So I think uh, Mike Glass the third, who as is as efficient a quarterback as there is out there, man, I think he's going to struggle mightily in this game against the Buffalo Bulls. I'm sitting Mike Glass sure. the third. Yes, good, good sit. Man, the running back that I'm sitting this week, I'm going to sit uh, Octavius. Pierce. Uh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. I'm going to take a roll. I'm sitting. I'm sitting. He was running with it too. I'm gonna kick on the wrong guy. Listen, I'm sitting, I'm sitting, Lamichael P. Ryan from Florida, man, against Georgia this week. <laughs> oh, P. Ryan, man, P. Ryan, P. Ryan. Listen, man, the Bulldogs is mad. They angry. Uh, since they that lost, man, they haven't really been on the field, man. Since they 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 mad. And they fist to shut everything down, man. I think Florida fist to struggle mightily this week, including you, Lamichael P. Ryan. So, um, <laughs> sit him. <laughs> All right, for me, guys, I'm sitting. I don't care who it is, but I'm not playing any North Texas running backs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this, is not, this is not a week nine, week ten sit. This is a season sit. I'm done with them. <laughs> I don't know who's healthy. I don't know who's playing. Whenever they are healthy and playing, they're splitting carries. I'm done with them. I'm totally out on the North Texas backfield. 
Listen, <laughs> when the season first started, that's the offensive coordinator that come from Eastern Michigan, right? I mean, Eastern Washington. And I went and looked at his history because I was writing a piece for something. And I went and looked at his history and I told Owens, I said, this is going to be a mess. Because when you look at his history in those in those previous years when he was at Eastern Washington with uh, Gage Gubru, you had a I mean a whole plethora of guys getting carries on a regular, and some games you didn't know who was going to get the ball. That's exactly what this situation looks like. So man, I feel you on that one, man. Not what you want to see as that a college fantasy not, football guy. No, not as college fantasy football. No, we hate running back by committees. Yeah, my favorite player last year was DeAndre Torrey. Like, he, yeah. he carried me all the way into deep into the playoffs into a championship run. And I was so excited. I, I You know, it took it was difficult for me to decide not to keep him, and I'm glad I didn't. And I didn't get didn't get to draft him any, in any of my drafts, in any of the seven leagues I was at, because I wanted to wait on him a long mm-hmm. time because the more mm-hmm. I looked into it, mm-hmm. you're right. It took a couple injuries for DeAndre Torrey to get this spot so he could get going. Right. And those guys come back. Plus the offensive the offensive scheme they was running it just it screamed you know it, it screamed running back by committee so I'm out on everybody. Listen, death to running back by committees from all CFF. Yeah, buddy, all day long. Listen, the guy that I'm going to sit at the running back position is Savon Ahmed. Mm-hmm. He's facing one of the best defensive teams in the nation in Utah. The Utah Utes are surrendering only 56 rushing yards per game. Look at her. It's going to be tough sledding for Mr. Ahmed. Ahmed. He's going to have to, man, muster up all the spit he can to say his name in this particular game. He's been getting down the past couple games. Man, he tore Oregon up. And he come out there, he had a pretty, I don't know, I don't understand this 23-carry 95-yard game against Arizona. Did hit the end zone three times, though, but listen, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near any of that this week against Utah. No. Again. It'll be tough sledding for Mr. Ahmed. Man, Ahmed is on my beach. <laughs> but anyway, no wide receiver. Wide receiver, man, I'm sitting, man. It's JoJo Ward, man, this week against Fresno State. Ward, I mean, at the beginning of the season, everybody was looking at uh, Ward and uh, Bird. Bird and Ward. You know, so everybody's talking about the two receivers, two top receivers for Hawaii. Um, but these new faces, man, have popped up. And uh, <laughs> it seemed like uh, Donald, Cole McDonald, man, he's spreading that ball around. I mean, he's spreading that thing around evenly. Everybody is getting to eat. And uh, with that being said, uh, JoJo Ward, he's – He's not one of them, though. I mean, he barely, he's barely one of them. I mean, you know, I think he only had like, uh, was it? A, let me look. I think it's like three, four touchdowns. Oh, no, he had, he had one game with four touchdowns. But ever since that, after that, outside of that one game with four touchdowns, oh, man, it's been hard sledding for the guy. So I can't trust him uh, to put him in my lineup and, and get good fantasy points out of him. So, uh, I'm gonna sit JoJo Ward this week. That's a good sit. I'm I'm in the same boat. I've got a couple shares of him, and if there weren't so many bye weeks this week, he'd be on my bench as well. I'm gonna roll with JD Spillman 
versus Purdue. He's just way too inconsistent. This is Wondell Robinson's team from a rushing standpoint, from a receiving standpoint, return standpoint. Robinson is totally dominating the, the mm-hmm. touches on, on, on in this in this passing game. And I don't I don't care what quarterback's playing. You know, uh, Adrian Martinez has not played well enough so far this yeah. year to me for for me to feel confident in JD Spillman. You may have to roll him out for the simple fact that there's so many people on buys, but I do not feel good about JD Spillman. It would not be a confident start if he was on my team. That's a good one, man. I like that, man. Listen, the guy that I'm going to sit this week at wide receiver, Michael Pittman versus Oregon. Look, Oregon made it rough for the outside receivers against Wazoo last week. Brian Arcanado did, you know, did most of the work from the slot. He had a great game. He did all that from the slot. The defense is good enough to limit the likes of Pittman. Uh, he t ripped Colorado a mm-hmm. new one this past week. I mean, seven catches, 156 yards, got in the end zone two times. I mean, just ripped him a new one. He's going against a different team this week. Oregon has a lot more to play for. So, yeah, I think I think he'll be in receiver hell this week. So, I am sitting Michael Pittman. This week, all right, guys, we're gonna move on to our PAP potential average performance. Owens, what you got? All right, quarterback, man, I'm gonna select for a PAP. Sam Howell this week versus Virginia. Uh, listen, he struggled last week a little bit uh, against Duke. Ten for twenty-six. That's thirty-eight and a half percent completion rating. That's horrible. 227 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, that Virginia team, man, that Virginia defense, man, is, is a pretty good defense as well. Um, so I think he's going to struggle again this week. So uh, I think he's going to have an average performance. So that's my quarterback to have a potential average performance this week. All right, boys, for me, I'm going with Carter Stanley from Kansas. Now, he's had two really, really good weeks. Uh, two weeks ago against Kansas this past week, uh, he, he dominated against Texas Tech. And, and I don't know what what uh, what flip what a switch they flipped, but they figured out how to play offense in Kansas because they are scoring points in bunches. And it, it, doesn't, it, it definitely helps them out that they're in the defensively challenged Big 12. I get it, but at the same time, Carter Stanley's played great the past couple weeks. I'm actually starting myself this week in the P5 only uh, college uh, fantasy football league, and the waiver wire is bare. So I'm going to start him this week, but I'm not I'm not expecting another 30, 35, 40-point game from him. I'm expecting that low to mid-20s at best. Kansas State's got a pretty good defense. Their offense will stay on the field and be able to chew up the clock just like they did against Oklahoma. <laughs> so if you're starting Carter Stanley this week, Brace yourself and just just temper expectations. You're probably not going to get two or three of those 50, 60-yard passing touchdowns this week. Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis playing against Oregon, uh, an Oregon team that has something to play for from a national perspective with the OU loss. You know, they need to focus on defense, giving up over 30 points in the last two games. I think they do it here. He lit Colorado up. This is not Colorado, a completely different team, a better defensive football team he'll see this week. I think Keaton Slovis is going to be very average this week against the Oregon oh, Ducks. Um, this running back, man, <laughs> that I'm picking to have a, a potential average performance, 
listen, everybody's probably going to have him in their starting lineups. I don't blame him. Um, he's been tearing it up the last few weeks, man, the last three weeks, fantasy goal. Um, but Zach Moss against Washington, man. See, Washington is a good defensive team. Um, it can go either way in this game, like I look at it. I mean, he could he could be bottled up. He can have a potential average performance. But he could also, wouldn't surprise me if he uh, actually just got down again this week. But uh, just knowing Washington's defense, man, good, 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 good defense, good, strong defense. I'm going to select him to have an average performance this week. Um, but don't be surprised if he if he's above that. So. All right. For me, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. He was almost in my sit selection. Uh, but, you know, North Texas was 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 definitely better. Just avoid all those guys. But DeAndre Swift, he's going up against Florida. Got a really good defense. And it's not necessarily the Florida defense that is, 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 is making me feel like he's going to have an average performance. It's the fact that Georgia runs one of the most bland offenses in the country. All right. So whenever you're going to, if you're going to beat a team like Florida, if you're going to dominate a team like Florida, if you're going to be able to put those big rushing numbers up, those big passing numbers up, you're going to have to run an offense that can produce some points. Georgia's not that offense. Fromm is a game manager uh, at best. All right. He's a manager. They definitely had the worst quarterback starting on their roster last year with Justin Fields after we're seeing how he's playing. And at that makes your offense predictable so for Florida it's easy you stop DeAndre Swift you stop the running game in general and you're going to put yourself in a pretty good situation to win okay this is a game that Florida has to win this is a must-win situation for Florida it's a big-time game for them Georgia already has the one loss it's a must-win situation for them but the difference is is Florida's defense only has to stop the run game Kyle Trask has played pretty decent over the past couple weeks he's he's able to win a game I'm not feeling that Fromm is able to win a game at this point. I know last year he had a couple big games, that kind of stuff. But from DeAndre Swift, you know, if he breaks 100 yards, great. He may, he may sneak into the end zone. He's probably going to have 25 carries. 25 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown, that's about as average as you get. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it, man. I like it. We are not DeAndre fans from a college fantasy, right. fantasy football right. standpoint. None of us are. None of us are. Okay, guys, I'm going to go with Anthony Jones versus Old Dominion. Old Dominion has a better run defense than people think. Anthony Jones, Anthony Jones, man, he was a waiver wire darling, you know, over the past month. Man, he was putting up some great numbers, but you throw in, that was against UMass, Uh UTEP, uh teams like that. Uh, He played against Middle Tennessee last week, got slowed down quite a bit. You know, he was. I mean, just tearing it up as of late. But, again, he played Middle Tennessee last week. They slowed him down quite a bit. I think it'll be the same. I think he'll be on the struggle bus yet again this week against the Monarchs. Check it. I'm thinking Anthony Jones is going to have an average day against Old Dominion. Nice. Uh, The wide receiver, man, that I'm going to select to have a potential average performance is going to be Tyler Bonds versus Oregon. Barnsworth, you touched on it earlier, man. Oregon has a uh, pretty good defense. They got something to play for, man. It's going to be hard sledding, man, for old Slovis. Um, 
somebody's got to catch it, man. I mean, Vaz is is uh, one of the main targets. Um, but, I mean, I think he's going to have an average day. Uh, I think they're going to focus on him. They're going to focus on Pittman. Uh, and uh, somebody else is going to have to beat him. So, uh, Slovis, man, they're going to have a lot of pressure on the guy, man. Freshman, good quarterback, but I just don't see Vaughn's going off, man. So, I think he's going to have an average performance. So, be be looking out, guys, for that. I think you're spot on there. For me, I'm going to go with Cedric Bird for the exact same reason. You're wanting to sit JoJo Ward. Cole McDonald is spreading the ball out everywhere. <laughs> it seems like eight or nine receivers every single week to have multiple catches. He's not hyper-targeting Bird and Ward like he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, Fresno State, they've they've had a decent defense over the years. They're, not, they're nothing to write home about this year. But the simple fact is, if uh, if Bird doesn't break one or two for for long touchdowns, I mean, his his output is looking like six, seven catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. And that that's his, that's pretty average for college fantasy football wide receivers. That's not what you're looking for for a guy you drafted as high as Bird. So just temper expectations a little bit. The offense is not quite what we were expecting coming in. It's still a high-scoring offense, still a high-yardage high offense, but it's going to a lot of different wide receivers. The, the Ursua of last year, we don't have that at, 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 uh, at Hawaii anymore. All right, man, those are great, man. Check it. I'm going with Tamarion Terry. Florida State versus Miami, good old rivalry. Well, Noodle Arm Hornybrook is in the mix. <laughs> he, he's playing a good hurricane defense. This is not a good spot for Tamarion Terry. They're doing the quarterback shuffle with he and James Blackman. I just don't like this spot for him. Phenomenal talent, uh, but he's going up against a good defense, and this quarterback situation is not good at all. So I'm sitting or I'm not sitting, but, well, you can sit him if you want to, but I think he'll be very, very average against the Hurricanes. Uh, Tamari Ontario, very, very average against the Miami Hurricanes. Guys, we've come to the infamous I Wish segment. This is a listener favorite, a fan <laughs> favorite. We get Again, we get questions about it every week. We get suggestions about it every week. You know, and so this is this is one of the listener favorites. Uh, uh, give you a chance to get some things off your chest, uh, guys. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right. Owens is going to kick us off as usual. Then KB, you'll jump in there after him, and I will conclude the matter of I wish. Let's do it. And I wish on all- I wish, I wish, I wish. All y'all coaches out there, listen, if y'all see a player that's on the field stinking it up, get him out the game. Don't leave him in the game to continue to stink it up. Listen, I was watching the game. I think it was Arkansas State. That was an offensive lineman, uh, Khalif Davis. Man, the guy just dove straight to the ground. It wasn't no no defender in front of him. He dove on the ground and just laid on the ground by himself. <laughs> by 
around like, okay. Listen, there wasn't nobody to begin with. <laughs> All right. He come back the next, the very next play. He's on his knees trying to block. How do you block from your knees? You gave you gave up a safety trying to block from your knees. I saw it. Oh my gosh! Listen, and he kept it out there. All right. Listen, coach, coaches, please. If guys are struggling, if they stinking it up, you gotta have somebody else to come in and replace them. Don't leave them out there on on the field to continue to stink. Cause we are watching this stuff. We're laughing at them. Get them out the game. <laughs> All right, guys. I wish the Texas defense wasn't a fat, ugly trash can that makes me hate watching college football every Saturday. I know I wake up, I'm fired up, I'm watching game day, I'm back me up on the sofa, I'm fired up, enjoy my day, and then I gotta watch Texas totally shit down there, man. I, I, can't, I cannot stand it. Also, I wish I would start a Chanel together last week. I'd have had a much better week. Guys, start your studs. Don't put your studs on the bench. You draft them there for a reason, you gotta start your studs. Oh, man, listen. I wish. I wish somebody, anybody, please get a hold of that freaking defensive playbook down there in Norman and rip out every single three-man line defensive play in the playbook. Leave no traces of the evidence. Get rid of every freaking page that has a defensive scheme that has three-man line. Get rid of that stuff. Get rid of that sucker. I mean, it's like Mike Stoops put the hoodoo on those plays. So whenever Grinch see him, whenever he look at him, he's hypnotized and he feels compelled to call those plays. It's almost like he, I got to call this play. I got to call this play. And he's calling three-man line defensive plays on third and freaking one. Yes. Third and two. And you got three-man three, three man line, three down linemen, and you got linebackers backed off. What are you doing? Is Mike Stoops paying you? Come on, man. Get rid of that stuff, man. It's like he can't shake it. Get rid of those stupid three-man fronts. I wish somebody, please go down to Norman and get rid of those three-man fronts. Every last one of them out of the freaking playbook, man. I love it. I love it. That's it for me, man. Great, great, great segment, boy. That's it for me. I feel better. I feel better. I don't see stuff off my chest. Some frustration that was built up from over the freaking weekend. All right, guys, let's look at our most surprising player for the week and for the season. For the week and for the season, Owens, start us off. Man, for the week, man, I was shocked. Oh, uh, Zach Moss, man, he told Cal up. Man, I'm sitting there listening. I'm thinking, man, okay, Zach Moss is going to have an average performance, man, against Cal. Cal got a – Cal, the defense is no slouch, man. And uh, and so I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he's gonna have maybe 75 rushing yards, man, and and uh, you know maybe a touchdown. But uh, man, he he showed out, man. It was like Moss caught a long bomb, you know, receiving a bomb, and and uh, you know just ran all over them boys. I'm thinking, man, wait a minute, 17 carries, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Okay, wow, shocking. Uh, but uh, anyways, the uh, 
the player, man, that <laughs> this just surprised me all year, man. It's my boy, Kenneth Gainwell, man. I'm so mad about the situation, man, because I, I picked the guy up early in the year. Uh, I knew what I had in him, but you know, I was just kind of waiting around to see what they was going to do with him. And, uh, you know, uh, when they came back and announced, oh, we going, he going to play the, the position Tony Pollard was in. He's been, you know, he's been studying Tony Pollard and he's just, he's going to be Tony Pollard-like and da 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 and I'm like, listen, man, I don't, I don't want Tony Pollard. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I want, I, I want Henderson or Patrick Taylor. You know, I want the, you know, them the guys that eat the most. You know, I'm thinking that's what I want. You know, so they telling me this, and they're like, oh, this, uh, uh, this other guy. Going, I forgot his name, Watson, Watkins, or whatever name. He's going to be the backup running back. Oh, well, let me go get Watkins then. I'm going to let Gainwell go. I'm mm-hmm. dropping Gainwell for Watkins oh. because he's going to be the backup running back. And and then Patrick Taylor went down. I'm thinking, okay, Watkins is going to be the backup. No, you lied to me. Gainwell. <laughs> just, just lied to me right in my face. Gainwell is the man. And been tearing it up no matter what kind of defense he faced. I thought Temple was going to slow him down early in the year. Nope, he just ran wild on them. I mean, the, the guy is just, <laughs> regardless of who he's, he's up against, he is tearing everybody up. So, game well, man. I'm just like, wow. So, with that, be, so with that being said, what do you think the timeshare split's going to be whenever uh, whenever Taylor gets back either this week or next? That's going to be interesting because it's, it's got to be hard to pull the guy off the field that's doing what he's doing. Exactly. So exactly, man. Patrick Taylor, week one, 20, 22, 25 carries. He had a buck forty-seven. He was looking like he was going to be a superstar. High high was brain stuff to come back from, unless you say Quan Barkley. But you know, it's it's one of those things where I've, I'm a I'm a Taylor owner in 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 a couple different leagues, and I'm really interested to see did I just waste my second third round pick because I don't think that either. At that point, unless they just go to running the ball 50 times a game, which they can, and they they were able to sustain two running backs last year for the whole season with a uh, with a uh, yeah with Taylor and uh, uh, they had three thousand yard rushers basically last year. So yeah, I'm interested to see what that timeshare is going to look like. But game was been freaking mm, awesome, man, unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable. All right, so for me, for the player for the week that's most surprising to me is is Mason Fine. He's finally coming out. He's starting to look like Mason Fine again. Right. You know, this year he was one of my top ten quarterbacks coming into the season. You know, three hundred ninety-four yards, five touchdowns this week. And I, I know Tony hit on it a little bit earlier, but he looked great last week. And is this going to keep rolling? Is he going to be able to keep maintaining and and keep keep those passing yards and those touchdowns up? He's he was great last week. And my my most surprising player for the year is a guy I had no clue who he was, come out of nowhere, and he's been probably the best player on my team all season long. That's Omar Bayless from Arkansas. Yes. Touchdowns. He is as about as steady as yes. they come. Uh, two, two weeks ago on the Thursday night game in Arkansas State, played. I don't remember who they played. It's it's leave me for whatever reason. But they just run the ball and run it and run it and run it. And it seemed like they had a million uh, rushing attempts in that game. And in the first half, Bayless had seven seven catches for ninety something yards, and they just totally ghosted him in the second half. He ended up finishing the game with nine catches, a buck fifty, and no touchdowns. But that's the thing. This guy is 
constantly over the 100-yard mark. He is all the time bringing in multiple touchdowns. This past week, seven catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns. He has been about as steady as they can come for wide receivers, and he has been one of my most consistent players across several weeks. Man, that's good. Those are all great, man. For the for the week, listen, I'm going with C.J. Verdale, man. This oh, guy, oh, uh, he ripped Washington State a new one, man. The guy had two touchdowns on the year coming into the game, hadn't had a touchdown in the last five games, comes into this game, 23 carries, 257 on the ground and three touchdowns. Four catches for 56 yards, just getting busy against Wazoo. I mean, eating Wazoo's lunch the entire game. I was so surprised at this. Like I said, the guy hadn't had a touchdown in freaking five games, man, and comes in there and rips off three of them. So shocked at this, so surprised at this. I mean, this came out of nowhere. I mean, everybody was dropping C.J. Verdell because of his – lackluster production on the year but the guy like i said was just in there getting busy against Washington for the season i dropped him yeah. right before uh saturday i think i yeah i know i dropped and he was easy to drop. that was probably the move i mean that's what i if i only had verdell one spot but i was dropping him too i didn't I didn't care to have, you know, 12 carries for 50 yards. <laughs> right, no scores right, right, right. Oh, my gosh. I was in, a, in a dynasty league that I'm in, I actually dropped him and picked up the other guy. I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to try. But I picked up the guy from when the leaves. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dropping him was the right move, and then he comes out of nowhere. He had, he had a great game, though, fantastic yeah. game. The, the guy I'm going for the season, man, is Joe Burrow, man. I mean, through through eight games, he has 2,805 yards. That's an average of about 350 a game. You say, well, okay, you got other offenses doing more. Listen, this is LSU. 30 TD, yeah, 30 TDs to only five mm. picks. This is an offense that historically was three yards in a cloud of dust. Listen, this dude has yeah. been killing teams, man. I mean, tearing teams up. He's throwing the ball all over the field. And it's not like his percentage is down because you would think the more times he throw it, you know, the, the you know, his percentage would be low. No, his percentage is consistently no. over 70% mm -hmm. week in, week out. This dude is throwing touchdowns all over the place. He's pulling guys out of the stands, throwing touchdowns to them. He's throwing touchdowns <laughs> to elderly people. I mean, he's throwing touchdowns to everybody. Listen, <laughs> LSU, listen, hug and kiss Ohio State Bayou Bengals. Hug yes. and kiss them. They may have just ha handed you your second Heisman Trophy winner. This dude is playing that good this year, and I don't think yeah. he's going to slow down at all. Yeah. So, all right, guys, give me your most disappointing player for the week and for the year. Man, listen, man, my disappointing player for this week was David Bale, man, the wide receiver from Purdue. Killed me, man. Me too. <laughs> oh, man, listen, I, I understand it was rain. I was raining. I understand it was raining. But, I mean, if you're the number one guy on a team, you're the number one guy on a team. Uh, I'm watching the game, and it seemed like they was throwing it to everybody else but him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, wait a minute now. I thought this was the guy. This is your main man. I mean, you look at the last few games, he's been tearing it up. 
you're not even looking his way. Like, really? He had five, five catches for 18 yards. I'm like, what? Really? He's who I benched him not for, by the way. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. He's been good the previous two weeks, man. I thought he's, he's getting – 15 plus targets every week. He's exactly damn near double digit catches 120, 150, 180, 190 yards. He was just killing it. And exactly, he just totally just kills me this week. But here's the thing though they wasn't even double teaming the guy, it was one on one most of them, and he just wasn't looking his way. I don't, I couldn't explain it. I don't know what what is going on. Our guy, like, anyway, our guy Justin Heise actually called the Jake the the plumber you know fall apart on that game. We we were, I was listening to the podcast on the other day yeah. and he was talking about that. <laughs> I trust plumber to to be able to get to him and he was spot on with it. Yeah, the the, the player that I'm going with the most disappointing player for the season, man, Jawan Washington, San Diego State, man. He was he was my one of my horses last year, man. And he's one he was one of the guys, man. I could plug in the game, man. It just I could forget about him. Listen, he gonna produce. I ain't got to worry about it. Um, got it got hurt last year. Came back late in the season, man, and finished the season off strong for him. You know, ended up winning the national check the the title, uh, my league. So uh, he was a part of it. Come in this year, man. I'm high hopes for the guy, man. I'm excited about him. He's gonna be again one of my one of my horses, man. I could depend upon. Uh, not so much, man. Ankle injury kept him out most of the most of the season so far. Comes back, man, and he's not even close to like, and he's not even halfway to where he was, man. And it's like, you know what, man? I'm 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 done with the guy, man. He's he's out of here, man. I'm I'm dropping him this week. I'm telling you that right now, man. He's out of here. I can't deal with it, man. They they starting to let uh a couple other guys touch it more. His carries is going down and, and you know getting smaller and smaller. And listen, man, I, we've become accustomed to a San Diego State running back getting twenty-five to thirty carries, one hundred and eighty yards, and two or three. Yeah, yes, yes. That, that seemed like the normal for so many years, and I'm with you. Yes, I, I traded for Jamal Washington last year after he had his first two or three weeks. He was killing it. Yes. I traded for him. He gets hurt. I end up keeping him this year, and he's he's just let me down. And the the one time I finally get the San Diego State running backs, he's been the worst one they've had. In yes, the yes. Well, 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 guys, they 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 switched their yeah, offense. They went to more of a spread off. Right, right. They went to more of a spread. I think they kind of jacked yeah, everything yeah. up. So yeah, just don't abandon them next year. Just keep just keep plugging them in. They're going to have the <laughs> it's just a bad year for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for me, fellas, uh, for the week. Uh, most disappointing player for the week is Eno Benjamin. You're going up against UCLA. If you go 13 for 46, that's that's a stat line you put up against Utah in the Pac-12. That is not a stat line you put up against UCLA. He should have absolutely dominated that game. Their offense struggled so bad in the first half. They got so far down. They couldn't feed him the rock anymore. Had to rely on the true freshman to bring him back and get him within and make the game respectable. Uh don't put too much into it. Eno's still the man. He's still going to get the rock. So keep him in your lineups. But that, that's just a tough week. And for this season, for me, it's the Oklahoma running backs in as a whole. Uh, we were, I mean, me personally, uh, Kennedy Brooks was really high on my draft board. I put, I grabbed him in a lot of 
places. I had I had high expectations for him, even with Sermon there. They were essentially mirrored with each other. Brooks did more with less, but uh, Sermon got more carries. And even if they kept the same timeshare, even if they kept the same splits, I thought Brooks was going to be better this year. And they just have totally abandoned the running back running game, and it is all Jalen Hurts. And I get it. You got Jalen Hurts. You're using him. You're, you're, you're shooting for your third straight Heisman, and he's he's looking good in the process. But it's just totally killed both uh, both Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. So that's the most disappointing we're really group of players for the, for the year. Me too. Man, I agree wholeheartedly. It has destroyed the running game from the running back perspective. I was oh, yeah. Kennedy Brooks was higher mm-hmm. on our draft list, the uh, Sooner Nation draft list. Also, he was very, very high, and it just that man that just didn't come even close to fruition. So the 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 most disappointing player for the week, guys. I'm going to go with Darrington Evans. Boy, you need your tail whooped. 19 carries for a measly 46 yards. That's 2.4 yards per carry against <laughs> South Alabama? Are you kidding me? You didn't even you, – dude, you didn't even get in the end zone. 19 carries for 46 yards against South Alabama. Two, six, six whole points in a regular league. You need your tail whooped for that – crap you threw out there and for the season for the season man i'm going with holton aylers man listen i think i can speak for most when it comes to the disappointment and sheer shame no it's bad for making this guy out to be a top 10 quarterback when he's not even a top 50 quarterback no he's not I, I, As of I right now, closer to my top five. I had oh, such yeah. high oh, expectations yeah. for him. Oh my in. goodness! With the way he rushed, everybody here. It was. I was. I was drafting everywhere I could, and I, luckily I didn't get too many shares of him. But I got a couple, and he was gone by week three. He's been terrible. He's been terrible, guys, right now, as of today, right now. He has seven oh. touchdowns and oh. seven interceptions oh through eight, eight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so just that is just he's six point seven yards per attempt, man. Just sixteen hundred yards, just over almost seventeen hundred passing yards. He's just ridiculously terrible. I mean, disappointing is probably an understatement for me because sure. our expectations was so high for this guy. The way he, you know came just out of nowhere last year. Yeah, and we and we kind of saw some red flags last year that we kind of ignored as fantasy guys tend to do. His passing completion percentage was horrible in a couple of those games last year, but he put up the points, and so we kind of forgave that because, sure. you know, we don't care about completion percentage. We want points, and so we kind of over. Long as yeah, we touchdowns, you can throw for 45 long, all day long. I don't care if you freaking seven for 30. Yeah, score as point. long as you got as long as you got four mm-hmm. touchdowns out of those seven completions. That's it. Hey, I'm, I'm good, and you run for another hundred and thirty right. and two more. Hey, I'm starting every week. I don't care what you look like. But this brings up a good point, Phil. This is something that we need to uh, to to keep in the back of our minds for next year, and especially all the listeners out there. Is you need to really it, pay it's attention. Really to important. Players. Yes, it is really important. When yes, leave and bring in new systems. You have. You have, especially when you have a system quarterback like Holton Naylor, you got a guy that's 
that's a quick hitter. He's he's not going to push the ball sixty yards down the field. You got a quick hitting guy that's going to run a fast pace offense that needs a fast pace offense and running the ball in a spread and kind of offense. You really need to pay attention coming in. That San Diego State is a prime example. What we just talked about with Jawan Washington, the, the only different offense. What we talked about with Lavisca Chenault earlier, new coach. He is not featuring LaVisca Chenault like the previous coach did. You have got to pay attention to that stuff in the offseason. And if and if, if you don't know where to go find it, holler at us. Give us a shout. We will cover this stuff on, on all of our podcasts, both this one and mine, at, during the offseason. It is extremely important to pay attention to. Absolutely. This was, I, I, you know, with all the coaching hires, I, knew, I think that had something to do with Owens and I paid more attention to coaching hires this year than we ever yes, have before because I ever have. the coaching yeah. carousel this year was so busy and it wasn't just, you know, a coach here and there. It was offensive coordinators taking yep. head yes. coaching jobs and then yes. you had different offensive coordinators being moved around. You got guys coming up from the FBS level, I mean, the FCS level to the FBS level. And you have guys getting tampered with. And then you have the transfer portal, which kind of messed with some things also. You know, you got things shifting there. You got, you know, because you got guys like Tavian Feaster. You know, if he'd have went, just think, if he'd have went to East Carolina, what would they look like? I mean, look at at the value that he would have had, you know, out there at East Carolina. And so you definitely have to pay attention to coaching hires, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you got a whole bunch of situations this year that we can bring up, that we can name. I mean, the Texas Tech wide receiver situation was a mess at the beginning of the yep. year, and it's still somewhat of a mess. You don't know who – I mean, what's going on out there. And so, week to week, it's a different guy. It's some, I don't, I don't week want to, to week, one of them in all seven of the leagues that I play in. I mean, we, 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 we mentioned North Texas running back, backfield, North Texas backfield. It's just a plum mess right now because of that coaching hire. There's no consistency back there whatsoever. So, all right, guys, that does it for episode number eight of the Ankle Biters podcast. Again, this was another great episode. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at CFF Nation. That's the Twitter handle for the Nation uh, College Fantasy Football account on the Twitter sphere. We thank our guest, Kevin Brown, for coming. Yes, thank and, you. Thank and, you. And, and chatting it up with us, man, giving us some knowledge and spreading his expertise to our listeners. Kevin, tell the people where they could get find you and, and find your work. Awesome. And again, guys, I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. Uh, it was an honor to come on and, and you know, kick the tires with you a little bit and talk a little CFF. Uh, you guys can find my work at thebreakdownsports.com. Okay, that's the breakdown, B-R-K-D-W-N, sports.com, or on Twitter at the underscore breakdown. You can find me personally on Twitter at khookum. Uh, put out a couple articles every week. We put out a, a, a waiver wire article every week. We put out a, a weekly high overs, low unders, uh, article every week and we have my podcast campus to campus podcast you can find us on itunes spotify soundcloud all that good stuff where you find your stuff uh come give us a listen give us a follow that kind of stuff and like i said guys it was a pleasure being on here with you absolutely Owens, you got any man uh once again i enjoyed it man i always enjoy talking college football man uh kevin man we do appreciate you coming on man and joining us in this uh uh, giving our listeners, man, some knowledge, man, some laughter, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, man, it's a, uh, you know, I don't take it lightly, man. I'm, I'm, 
I'm blessed to be able to do this, man. And then, um, I just want to just thank you, man. Thank you guys, man, for this opportunity, man. And Yes, sir. We pr- appreciate it again, guys. That's it. Peace. Later.